Welcome to the Black and Neurodiverse podcast, a series where we discuss race and neurodiversity at the same time. Being neurodivergent and black presents unique challenges, and this is a podcast where we talk about them. I'm Tyler Grant, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm black, dyslexic, autistic, creative, the founder of the Black and Neurodiverse Project. Oh, and I'm your host. In this series, we explore black, autistic, ADHD, dyslexic and dyspraxic paths to diagnosis, as well as how being neurologically different and black impacts our lives. From practical tips to in-depth discussions, we cover a wide range of topics that are relevant to anyone interested in understanding what it's like to be black and in the neurominority. I chat with band grant recipients, as well as community leaders who candidly share their experiences in the hopes of helping you. Today we talk to Jamila, a band grant recipient from Manchester, We actually had to record this episode a little bit differently because I was going through it on the day of recording. So Jamila graciously recorded and sent over some voice notes covering the talking points we were supposed to cover in our chat. So it won't be as free-flowing as the rest of our usual episodes, but it's still super insightful and an experience that needs to be shared. Let's get into it. Let's kick off with a simple introduction of yourself. My name is Jamila. Um, I am 27 years old. I live in Manchester, but I grew up in Luton in Bedfordshire. The industry and occupation that I'm in is in fashion. At the moment, I'm a remote data intelligence stylist for a company. Um, I'd probably say my passions are traveling, the arts, theatre, anything creatively. And my neurodivergent conditions is ADHD. And then... We'd love to know more about your diagnosis story. So from a young age, I always thought that something was a bit different to me in comparison to different children. I had a really bad memory. I found it really hard to concentrate. I was always very chatty and talkative and I was always known to distract others. But I thought it was just normal behaviours of a child. I realised that as I got older, especially within my career and certain people pointing it out that maybe I should get diagnosed, that was when um, the idea of ADHD sort of entered my head, which was in my mid-20s, which is obviously quite a while. My diagnosis has been quite straightforward. Um, What I did was I went online, I did a few ADHD tests, general quizzes, and I always scored very high in them. So then I talked to my GP and they asked me, why do I think I have ADHD? So obviously I told them about my childhood. They then referred me to an ADHD clinic. I did have to wait quite a while. I did wait around two to three months. After that, I was handed over to the physician at the ADHD clinic. They then did an hour's interview via Zoom because it was during the pandemic. They asked me an array of questions about my job, my current life and also my childhood and past. And then, yes, I was diagnosed with ADHD and I scored actually quite high all across the board. So what drove you to apply for the band fund? So I believe that I actually saw the band fund advertised on Instagram. I think it was a repost from one of my friends. And um, one of the factors of ADHD is we're not very good financially. So I'd probably say that I'm quite good at obviously prioritising some things, but then I would overspend in some areas. Um, I do sometimes suffer with anxiety and things like that, which is actually linked to the financial aspect. At the moment, I'm trying to obviously educate myself more 
where I can. So at the ADHD clinic, I get a newsletter every month. And I believe that next month there is going to be, I think, a financial sort of managing um, session, which I'm going to sign up to, to obviously help me and support me and see what aspects that I can obviously improve in this aspect with ADHD. Um, since obviously being on my ADHD medication I can concentrate more and prioritize more things so yeah I obviously applied for the fund because I knew it would be a big help for me with my overdraft from university and certain aspects of when I was obviously suffering ADHD and was unaware I'd probably say for my future self I'd probably continue the medication because it's been a big help and just sort of if there's any ADHD probably sessions or related around it, just to keep educating myself and obviously what works well for me. And what's different for you now you know about neurodiversity? Like what do your support systems look like? I think what's been different to me now, I'm obviously more aware of being neurodiverse, is um, the lack of education, I think, um, specifically with ADHD. I think in the media we're sort of displayed to maybe a child who's very hyperactive and is naughty is shown as ADHD but in reality it can be someone who is the opposite of those characteristics so I think what would be good to see is to be more educated in neurodiversity and the different aspects of ADHD so that could be maybe within education or within school that could obviously make younger people self-aware or maybe look for the signs if you think you do have it so yeah, I think that would be really helpful. Also, I've been educating myself, um, I think mainly through Instagram has been a big help. There's a lot of ADHD accounts that I've been following and also just in general on YouTube or in Google. And of course, the ADHD clinic um, that diagnosed me, they send out newsletters every month that I always read and see if there are any sessions that I can participate in as well. Um, I'd probably say words of wisdom for my past self would be like, it's okay to be different. As you get older, you'll work things out. As a black person in the neuro minority, like how does it like help or hinder or impact you in terms of your like your career relationships, mental health, like just general life? So life as a neuro minority has been, I'd probably say quite hard. I found, I always wondered why, in certain jobs, I'd probably only last there for two months. I just thought, oh, I'm just bored. So my concentration, I wouldn't want to stay there for too long. And when I found a career, I would obviously settle within it. But then I slowly discovered when I was talking to my um, physician, she was obviously saying that one of the factors of ADHD is sometimes it's lack of stability, which I obviously found within my career. And I found once I was diagnosed with ADHD, and we talked about advice coupled with my medication. I then actually stayed at my longest job in fashion, which was, I think, around just over a year. And previously, I had been in and out of jobs or had only managed agency jobs. So that was obviously quite positive. Um, my mental health as well has improved. I'd probably say I have less anxiety because obviously I can hold down a job more and I'm more financially um, stable. Thank you for listening to this episode of Black and Neurodiverse podcast. I hope you found the conversation and its insights valuable. A special thank you to our guests and those of you who donated to the fund because without you, this wouldn't be possible. 
If you're enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review or a comment wherever you're listening and sharing it with your friends or family. If you want to connect with the community as we grow and evolve, head to blackandnd.com. So that is blackandnd.com. And all the links and updates and information you'll need about who we are at the moment and what's going on, you can find it all there. Once again, thanks for listening. And until next time on the Black and Neurodiverse podcast. <laughs>